Hi and welcome to Leitrim Daily. My name is Brefni Early and you are listening to episode 76 of the show. Today's episode is Kiss My Arts, where we talk to people involved in the arts all around the county. On today's show, I'll be joined by Connor Braden from Manor Hamilton, who has just released his first book titled The Longest Night. We'll be chatting about his writing journey, his first book and his online project, magicofastory.com. Before we get to Connor, I'd really like to remind you about our event notice board on our website at leitrimdaily.com forward slash events. Don't forget to let us know of any events, regardless of their size, happening in your area that isn't yet on our list. We're looking to include everything happening in the county, which might be of interest to the wider Leitrim population, and we need your local knowledge to make sure that we don't miss anything. Just a reminder that we are also looking ahead to our 100th show, which falls just a few days ahead of the senior and intermediate county finals. It's also World Mental Health Week, and we decided to pull those three things together into one single event. So on the 8th of October, in the Glen Centre in Manor Hamilton, we will be inviting you to join us for the live recording of a very special episode of the show. We'll be featuring both teams who qualify for the county final at senior and intermediate level. We'll be chatting to great characters from all clubs, celebrating the 25th anniversary of the historic 1994 Connacht Championship and taking a look at both sides in the championship final with our ultimate preview show. Tickets to the event will be €10 plus a small booking fee and thanks to the support of the Glen Centre, the entire ticket price will go to North West Stop. We would love to create a very special night and have you with us there and then. Tickets are now available on theglencentre.com. Anyway, let's get on with the show and my conversation with new author Connor Braden from Manor Hamilton. Connor Braden, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Connor, you popped up on my Facebook the other day. I think it was actually your dad popped up on my Facebook the other day yeah. with a post about a new publication. And I thought, I have to have a chat with Connor and reach out because uh, they say never judge a book by the cover, but I really liked the cover of your book. And so people will have a fair idea of what we're going to be talking about for yeah. the next half hour or so. Before we get into the book, we'll talk a little bit about yourself and sure. where you come from, your background, and maybe how your love of writing developed over the last 30 years i was born in new york and uh, you don't sound like a new yorker i know i actually there's a really funny story of when we moved back to ireland when i was just about four that uh, on my first day of junior infants i had a new york accent and on my last day of my first week <laughs> i was back to the irish accent however i do think z is the last letter of the alphabet so i have that going against me i was always interested in stories i was constantly had a book in my hand as a young child and then as I was able to read I was constantly reading 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 then as I got a bit older I started trying to write I remember when I was four or five I tried to write my first book which was basically a whole load of A4 pages stapled together and I remember being really disappointed when I gave it to my mother and she was like the pages are out of order you stapled it wrong then as I got older I just started writing and writing and um yeah, even I remember in secondary school, I'd be given homework and instead I'd just come in and say, Miss, I actually wrote this short story instead. And she'd get me to read it out to the class. So um, were you a teacher's pet growing up? 
Um, English teachers some pet, teachers will say yes and some teachers will say no um, but you know I think that's the same with everybody really the same English teacher did say to me the short stories are great but you do not have to write an essay as well <laughs> kind of thing so yeah then as well like I was very into um, youth drama in Manor Hamilton Manor Hamilton is really really strong like with the Glen Centre has a really really strong drama scene I was in a couple of plays with the Glen's players they were called at the time the now called Sploder do you remember any of the productions? Yeah, I uh, I do remember it because I have the poster still on my bedroom wall at home. One production was we did Brian Friel's Winners along with Garrison Keeter's The Prodigal Son. And another year we did um, Our Town, which was great. I got to play the stage manager, which is kind of, uh, alongside another Manor Hamilton man and Paul Fox. I loved that part in particular because I was the storyteller and I was drawing people in and guiding them through the tale. Excellent, which we're going to come back to in a little bit more detail later sure. in the show. We talk about your, your love of storytelling. But now let's talk about slightly older Connor. Uh, you go to college in St. Pat's. Yep. The writing kind of takes a back seat while you enjoy yourself through college. Yeah, studying very hard and uh, having a lot of fun too. <laughs> um, but while there, I didn't lose my love of storytelling. I got more into the drama actually. was uh, the head of the drama society at one point as well. Once I started teaching and the kind of the more that kind of fell to the wayside uh, the love of writing started coming up again I took part in uh, NaNoWriMo NaNoWriMo which I feel like a lot of people won't know of yeah yeah explain that to me I will it's an acronym for National Novel Writing Month so it happens every year and is it just an Irish thing or is it no actually it's, it's an American thing originally it started in San Francisco but it has spread because it's all online and people can do it very easily the basic premise is you have the month of November to write a 50,000 word manuscript. 50. 50, five zero. That's a lot of writing in one month. It is. It works out as 1,666 words a day. <laughs> Not that I was counting. It's great. It's really focused. And there's, there's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel or not so much light at the end of a carrot uh, at the end of the string, I suppose, is a better way to say it. If you upload your manuscript of 50,000 words, you get access to software and services and all that kind of thing that writers are particularly interested in. So I tried that first in 2014. I got something out, hated it <laughs> nearly instantly, but I got it out and I realized, hey, I, I can actually do this. So where's that manuscript now? It only exists in a printed copy. <laughs> yeah, I know, really, really bad idea. I well maybe but back when you make it be rich and famous in 20 30 years yeah th that one printed copy will be worth millions yeah yeah hopefully and hopefully it's your pension yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah it was just put to the wayside and to be honest I was so exhausted after that the writing kind of just stopped almost straight away and it wasn't till another while later that my uh, boyfriend said you always talk about when you're a published writer when you're a published writer and you never write. And I was like, oh God, he's right. Which I don't like it when he's right. <laughs> Most people don't like when no, their partner's right. No, too. no, no, no. So it was September when he said that. November was on its way. And I said, right, let's try this NaNoWriMo again. And that was the first draft of The Longest Night. You know, on a practical level, before we get on to the actual book itself, yeah. on a practical level, how difficult is it to write that 1,600 words, 1,700 words every single day? Very at the start. I remember the first 10 days, it, it was really exhausting. It was really difficult. But 
what happened then was I had developed a, a habit of writing every day. And that's one thing, like a few people have contacted me saying, how did you get the book out? And I said, how did you get it done? And my big thing was write every day, no matter what mood you're in, no matter how tired you are. If you get a hundred words out, which is very little, a hundred words sounds like a lot as a number. It's not really, but no. it really isn't. No, if you can get a hundred words out, that's a hundred words closer to the end. No, and if you do a hundred words every day, that's 700 in a week. You know, that's 3000 a month. It's, it's possible. So what I actually did was I, I used to get up uh, an hour earlier before I went to work and I just sit at the laptop and I'd hammer out a couple of words. Sometimes I only got 50, sometimes I got 800, sometimes I got a thousand. And then it was just a case of doing it again just before I went to bed. But I got it done. <laughs> it's a huge commitment, particularly with a full-time job as well, because yeah. professional authors, people who rely on writing for their income, have nothing else to do for the day. Yeah. So getting 2,000 or even 3,000 words out in a day is not particularly onerous. When like that, you just say, you've got the time, you can sit down and do it. But when you're getting up, going to work, coming home and having to do all of that stuff around work as well, mm. it's a big, big ask. Funny, funnily enough, I actually think it made me really more and more focused to get it done especially after that november the nanorimo i was finished like i got the fifty thousand words out but the story wasn't finished and unlike the first time i tried it i kept going uh, and i knew uh, last time i stopped and my love of writing and uh, it, it stopped as well so i just kept going and going and going and the story kind of i i was looking forward to getting back to it the story was begging me to come back and you know you need to finish this this is this is something interesting. This is something people will want to read someday. So this is all in November 2016, but yeah. it's taken almost three years to get to the stage where that is actually a finished book that you can pick up into your hands, that yeah. you can flick through, that you can sell yeah. and make a few euro off, which is <laughs> yeah. very important. August 2019 is the launch of the book. What happened in those, say, 33, 34 months between those two dates? So I first... I got my first draft finished. I uh, it was I think it was January 2015. I was like, wow, I typed the words, the end. 2017. Sorry, 2017, yeah. yeah. Um, I got the words, the end typed out and I was like, yeah, this is it, this is great. And then it I wasn't really the end though. Was it? it was awful, it was so bad, but I knew, but there was certain bits I was like, this is great and this is brilliant and this character is excellent. So I needed other, people to look at it. So I actually joined uh, a writer's group. It's uh, in Dublin where I live and we meet once a month. We just basically emailed around to each other the week before we meet a couple, like 1,500 to 1,000 words. Everyone prints about, we write comments on each other, we help each other, we guide each other. It, it was great because it inspired me, it drove me, I had to get new things out every month. And at the same time, I was getting feedback and I was improving. I just kept at the, every couple of days, I'd get up early out of bed, I'd, before work, and I'd write, and I'd write, and I'd write. It was December last year that I was like, this is as good as I can get it, I need professionals to look at it now. So that's where I started looking for uh, an editor and a cover designer. That's what I was doing all this year until the book was released. My editor, I found an editor, Erin Young was her name, she's based in LA, she proved to be the best person that I could get to look at it. And she explained, your characters are great, but this bit needs to be better. And it, you know, a lot of people, when they ask me, friends and family, when they ask me about the book and I say I got it edited, 
they're saying, oh, but you're a teacher. Like, could you not have done that yourself? Because they think editing is the red pen. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so not like it's, no. it's the way things are phrased. It's the order that things happen in the book maybe needs to be changed or something that you thought is pivotal. They kind of look and say, that's just a waste of two pages, just yeah. red line through it. And it, having been through that process, my editor was actually from Toronto. Oh, okay. And um, I, myself and Danny emails back and forth for weeks. And literally, I would send him, say, 15,000 words and I would get back 10 or 11 yeah. and I'm thinking to myself oh no that's a third of my work gone but what he had done was he had made a really average 15,000 words into a solid really yeah. really strong 10,000 words and so yeah. what I thought was maybe going to be 110,000 words in the book ended up at 80 but it was a much better 80 than the 110 would have been so he changed the order of of stuff he changed everything like for me my book is about cycling predominantly so yeah. for me my life for that 16 months was eat sleep cycle eat <laughs> sleep cycle and so much so that my proofreaders were like stop talking about eating stop talking about cy uh, cycling <laughs> stop talking about sleeping get to the point it's all you talk about yeah so he took out 90 percent of that after the first two or three occurrences and it just made the book so much better of a read it sped up the pace of the book yeah and they're the things that people that aren't in that industry don't think about yeah yeah funny i actually almost had the opposite um reaction from my editor she was saying you know you, you hinted this but i want more i was actually told to write more detail in because i was so knowing that editors are usually cut this cut this cut this i actually went through you self-edited already I, I, very very strongly and i'd been going to the writers group for a year before i had get, found an editor so i had already done a lot of that part but i had done it too well obviously so i left out a lot of information and funny enough the very last chapter i wrote in the book was the very first chapter because the Snap. editor yeah oh there you Snap. go yeah yeah because yeah. my editor had said you know you need to set the scene you need to make sure the reader knows what kind of book they're getting into and i think you need to do a brand new first chapter and that was the last one I wrote. So talking about the start of the book, ah. <laughs> let's talk about the book. It is called The Longest Night. It's mm -hmm. a supernatural thriller mm -hmm. set in Ireland. Tell us a bit about the book and some of the characters that are in the book. There are three main characters. Uh, there's Tasha O'Brien. She is a, a journalist from Kerry. There is Keith Akintola, who is, his parents are originally from Congo and they move here and he grows up in Dublin. Then Austin Hunter, who is an archaeological professor working in Trinity. The three of them come across something very unusual in their day-to-day -day line of work. As the reader discovers with them, they're all three separate strands of a much larger conspiracy that they kind of accidentally have to stop together. It's all inspired for me by ancient Ireland, by Celtic mythology, and uh, you said you saw the cover Newgrange features very heavily on the front cover and it's all around it's called the longest night because December 21st is the longest night of the year and that's very important to Newgrange so it's all centered around that they travel all across Ireland there's parts in Cork Dublin Wicklow Mountains Knocknamay and Sligo Donegal as well so they're all over the place <laughs> Sounds absolutely fascinating. Where can people get their hands on a copy of that book? They can get it on thelongestnightbook.com. They can order it directly and it will be posted directly to them. I'm hoping to get it into more bookshops so, and all across the country. So if there's any booksellers listening, <laughs> get in touch. But yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's been an experience. I was so focused on 
getting it done now it's like right now i need to get it into people's hands <laughs> that's a challenge really like the book is is a process you know if you do the work you get there but now it's the it's the negotiation it's the discussion with the bookshops yeah that's the fun part but the self-publishing route is can be hugely rewarding it's a lot more work it's a lot more challenging it's a lot more time intensive and labor intensive but it's so much more rewarding yeah. on every level not yeah. just financially but it is financially more rewarding well I, I i actually did it i didn't worry too much when i was deciding you know how am i going to publish this i actually had decided very early on in writing it i was going to go the self-published route and i actually prefer the term um independent author or indie author because i think the term self-published, a lot of people think, oh, they're printing it and they're printing print it at home and they yeah. staple it together like I did back when I was four. But it's not. I mean, I... You got the pages in the right order this time. I got, I, I think so. <laughs> I actually didn't read the whole book yeah, in print form. I, I so. didn't read the book until I was recording the audio book. Uh, I hadn't read the full book back. I literally got... I sent the proof off, pressed the button to print, and I was like, I'm done. I don't want to know about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And then I did make the mistake of opening the book the very first time I got the crate of books came into the house and I took the first book up and I was so proud and I opened it up and the second line I spotted a typo <laughs> and I was like oh no <laughs> oh my god it. so I closed it and I was like I don't want to know about it yeah. turns out there are very very few typos in it uh, yeah. which in an independent book you're probably always going to have at least one but I just happened to open it on the page where the piper was just screaming out at me. And I was yeah, like, I read you 15 times in the last yeah. month. But what you never notice is the 89,004 other words that are spelled properly and in the right order. It's absolutely, you know, absolutely, yeah. Um, any labor. That's love. the teacher coming out in you there. Yeah, yeah. Look on the positive side. Yeah, look on the bright side. It's okay. I don't care that you got one wrong, you got nine right. But yeah, I, so I decided to go with the self published route the, because. I'm not a fan of giving control of something, a labor of love like a book is to other people. Uh, I had read horror stories of, like, I mean, I, I started the book. I know it took me three years to get it out, but I've heard horror stories of people getting signed with the publisher and it taken three to four years and they have the book finished and it takes three to four years for it to get out onto shelves. And I just couldn't wait that long. I was really, really proud of it. I think it's a really, really good book. It's a friend of mine told me she started reading it on a Saturday morning and it's such a page turner that she didn't stop reading until Sunday night. Like she just kept going and going and going. So I didn't feel it was good to wait. Um, so I decided to go the self-published route. I mean, a lot of people don't realize publishers have the final say on the cover. They have the final say on the title of the book. They have the final say on how it's marketed. So I think it's nicer to be more of an independent person, an independent writer and be in charge of all that myself. No, I absolutely agree with you. Now, at the start of the show, we did talk about your storytelling and the love that you have for storytelling. Mm -hmm. That manifests itself in another project that you're involved in. Do you want to tell me a little bit more about magicofastory.com? As I said earlier, involved in drama and as a kid, involved in writing. And now, even as a primary teacher, there's a lot of story coming out all the time, all around me. And... I decided to do a website dedicated to that. So magicofastory.com is a collection of my own short stories, my own flash fiction, which is a short story less than a thousand words, as well as discussion on the different types of forms the stories can take. So there's film, television, even games, which a lot of people don't realize can be a really interesting form of storytelling. And uh, yeah, it's just a labor of love and it kind of kept me going when I was really couldn't see the forest for the trees i'd take a break from the book and i'd work a bit on the website instead of course computer games are a story we even don't have to go back as far as 
uh, Super Mario trying to save the princess yeah. like to the original versions of computer games as we know them today even Space Invaders is the Space Invaders they're coming to take over the world yeah, exactly. and you have to try and shoot them there's a story to every game whatever it might be so what are your own favourite stories How, what's your own favourite method of, of telling a story I think the most important is what we're doing right now the, the face to face and the talking and the, the sharing our stories together there's nothing that I love more than getting to know somebody for the first time and chat them and learn their story. But I, I do think that books are always going to be my number one favorite method. I mean, I wrote a book. I didn't write a, a script for a film. I didn't write a script for a TV show. But I do think there's just, there's so many. I think the thing that matters most to me is, does the story grab me? Does it pull me in? Does it pull the reader or the listener or the gamer or the watcher in? I think that's the most important part of it. What are you working on at the moment? Uh, is there uh, the longest day or the longest week or the longest year? <laughs> Everyone's guessing that there will be a sequel and a sequel again after that. It's planned to be a trilogy. But at the minute, I'm just going back to short stories for a second. I'm going to let the ideas come. I'm going to keep bank them. I have this little notebook that's always nearby that I write ideas into. Yeah, there will be, there will be a sequel. In terms of publicly available information, do you publish those stories anywhere? Yeah, yeah, all on magicofastory.com. Any short stories I work on. I'm taking part in a writing competition at the minute where I'm given a prompt of a, a genre, an object, and a, lo- a setting or location. And I have 48 hours to produce a thousand word short story. The most recent of that is on Magic of a Story. It's, um, it's called The Bitten Apple. Um, so someone gives you... A prompt, mm-hmm. so the location. Yep. What were the other two things? A genre. A genre. And an object. And an object. Yes. Can I do that right now? Sure. Or is that something that... Ooh. Well, I normally have 48 hours. But oh, no, I'm <laughs> going to give you 48. I'll give you a week. How's that? Okay, go on. I'll yeah. give you a week because we're recording this probably a week before it goes out. Okay. So we could actually have this that you would publish the story on the same day as, the, as this gets published. Not to put you on any pressure. We could. You have about eight days. No, I work really well under pressure. <laughs> oh, okay, good. I, I understand. 50,000 words in a month. You can get, you can get less than 1,000 out in eight days. Okay, so I'm looking around the studio here, and I see a key ring. Okay. So that's the object. Grand. Right. Um, we talked earlier about my cycle, so I'm going to pick a venue from my cycle that I cycled through. Right. And the one that I always reference is where I spent my 34th birthday on okay. the road. And it's Tucumcari, New Mexico. Tucumcari, New Mexico. Yeah, I'll give you the spelling of that when we finish. I, I will need it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a hick town in the middle, right on the border of New Mexico and Texas. Okay. And uh, it's full of burnt out buildings for insurance purposes. Like every petrol station within 50 kilometers in any direction right half of the accommodation places have been burnt because <laughs> nobody goes there so it's okay. a key ring in Tucumcari, new mexico and the genre hmm i think I'll, get, I'll tell you the genres i've done before okay yes. so i've done action adventure i've done a f- more than one romance i kept getting stung with them but i'm actually really happy with them ghost stories and horror stories i've done them before but i mean i could do well, this one to me, I think the only thing that speaks, because I've been to this town, yeah. the one that makes the most sense is a slasher movie. Okay. Right? Yeah. Or a slasher story. Yeah. So it's whatever way you want to do that, a thriller, basically. Okay. So Keering. Keering. Tucumcari, New Mexico. Tucumcari, New Mexico. Slasher. Slasher. And I have eight days. Yes. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be. Maybe we should change the location. Because people, no, the listeners, do you know actually no? It, we're, it's Leitrim Daily. I can't, I can't do that. So we're going to go to Leitrim location, right? Okay. 
Um, won't be my first story set in Leitrim, but really, yeah. Okay, we'll go for a different location. We'll go for somewhere in Leitrim. How about just for my own sake? I have to do my hometown. Manor yeah, Hamilton. we'll go Manor Hamilton. That was that was the first one that came to my mind, yeah, and yeah, I was like, yeah. that might be too familiar. No, but no, we'll go with Manor Hamilton. Uh, a key ring we'll stick with. Right. And it's a slasher film. It's, yeah. not, it's a slasher yeah, story. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Slasher story in Manor Hampton. Yes, bad. with a keyring in it. Yeah. Excellent. Yes. And people can check this out because if they listen to this now, we will link to it from the story on our own website, leechamdaily.com, but they can find it out directly on... I'll tell you what, they can go to magicofastory.com slash leechamdaily. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. We link to it from... If you're listening to this on the website, the link will be directly below the player that you're listening to this on. I love that. I love the fact that we've just kind of <laughs> inspired a bit of work. And can, can we ch- set that challenge with somebody else? That if somebody is listening, will you publish uh, links to maybe yeah. other people if they wish to do these? Yeah, yeah, of course. So what we'll do is we'll set up, um, people can send them to us and we'll send them on to you. Or they can contact you directly through magicofastory.com and presume there Yeah, are... I've, my email on it is connor at magicofastory.com. So that should be easy to remember. Okay. So if you send it to connor at, that's one N. Yeah. Yeah. Send it to Connor at magicofastory.com or to info at leitrimdaily.com. And what we'll do is we will ask you now to pick. Now, we'll set the location as Leitrim, just County Leitrim. They can pick any town in County Leitrim they want. So whatever their own hometown is. Or river, lake, field, anywhere. Okay. Leitrim is full of many wonderful places that are very inspiring. So what we'll do is object... Mm, this is harder than I thought. I've never had to come up with the prompt before. I've just had to respond. <laughs> uh, we'll say object, a broken teapot. Love it. Genre, yeah, we'll just say romance. I think, I think there's, yeah. See, that to mean I can already have an idea coming into my head yeah. around a broken teapot uh, in, Why is it somewhere broken? in Leitrim. Who broke it? Why was it found where it was found? Oh, did the person who find it, did they, did they know who owns the teapot? Did they break the teapot? There's so many options there. Did they break it over the love's interest head? Yeah. There's so many different ways this story could go. Um, but yeah, I think we'll find a prize for that. I don't know what prize. We'll, we'll put up a prize for that. I don't know what it is yet. Yeah, sure. We'll figure um, something. We'll figure something out. I'd love to see what people have. And if we can open it, maybe some of the listeners can have a story. And the best story as selected by Connor in a couple of weeks' time. We'll set a deadline, say, of the end of the month. So it'll be the end of September. We'll give people two weeks from the broadcast of this to come up with a story. So the 30th of September... And email it to Connor at magicofastory.com or info at leitrimdaily.com and we will come up with a prize in the meantime. But listen, Connor, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. The, the last five minutes took a completely different turn. It did, but you know what? That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But I think it's it's nice to see people. Can't wait to see what you come up with. And it'll be nice to see what our listeners come up with over the next two weeks as well. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for inviting me. And the me. very best of luck. If yep. there's anybody out there uh, who's interested in maybe taking some of your books and having them for sale, mm-hmm. um, they can contact you on the same email address, Connor at magicofastory.com. Yeah. And it's been an absolute pleasure having you. Yeah, thank you very much. And if anybody wants to get the book, it's on thelongestnightbook.com. Of course, always be selling. Always. <laughs> Thanks very much, Connor. Thank you. And that's all we have time for today, folks. The prize for the best entry to the writing competition, as chosen by Connor will be a signed copy of Connor's book, The Longest Night. Closing date is the 30th of September, and all you have to do is simply email your 1,000-word short story to either connor at magicofastory.com or info at leitrimdaily.com to be in the competition. If you don't fancy writing yourself, but do want to read Connor's book, 
you can get a copy on thelongestnightbook.com. Don't forget to get your tickets for Leitrim Daily live on the 8th of October in the Glen Centre Manor Hamilton. It promises to be a fantastic night as we preview the county senior and intermediate finals with some of the characters of each club which will be competing in the finals. Tickets are €10 and all proceeds will be going directly towards Northwest Stop. Tickets are available now on theglencentre.com. In the meantime, I'll be back tomorrow with the Sports Roundup show, looking back at, amongst other things, all the action from the Senior and Intermediate Football Championship quarterfinals. Talk to you then.